Hey, it's me, Peter Sagal from Wait Wait, although I guess you'd know that because you're listening to a Wait Wait podcast, which you wouldn't do if you didn't already like Wait Wait, unless you had thought this was going to be something else, like the TED Radio Hour, in which case I apologize for not being Guy Raz. But the point is, I feel like I know you. You like public radio, you like stories about goofy news, and so do I. Obviously, the thing to do, given our deep friendship, is to spot me some change. You know just like real friends do. So why not give to your local station, which then uses that money to support your friends at Wait Wait. Please give to your local station at donate.npr.org slash wait. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Deck the halls with bills of holly. Fa la 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 bill. Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. We have a great show for you today to warm you up this December. Later on, we're going to be talking to Mike D and Ad Rock of the classic hip-hop group, the Beastie Boys, the band that was making hip-hop safe for white people decades before Hamilton. <laughs> Consider this your license to call. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hi, this is Malcolm from Stanford, Connecticut. Hey, Malcolm. How are you? Good. I'm glad to hear. It. What do you do there? Uh, I'm a teacher. Oh, what um, do you during teach? During the week, I teach uh, the Monastery Elementary School, and on the weekends, I teach clarinet and saxophone lessons. Oh wow! I'm so you're a music that. teacher. <laughs> I have a policy. I never make fun of music teachers because I think you guys are giving the gift of magic to our children. Welcome to the show, Malcolm. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's a feature reporter for the style section of the Washington Post. It's Roxanne Roberts. Happy holidays. Next, it's the co-host of the podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's Adam Felber. Hiya, Malcolm. Hi. And finally, we welcome back a comedian whose new book, Maeve in America, does make an incredible Christmas gift. It's Maeve Higgins. Hi. Hi. So, Malcolm, welcome to the show. You know how this works. We start with Bill. And who's Bill this time? He is going to recreate for you three quotations in the week's news. Your job, correctly identify or explain just two of them. Do that. You win our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Yes. Here is your first quote. We are not building a concrete wall. We're building artistically designed steel slats. That was somebody changing his Christmas wish list a bit, who now says he'd rather shut down the government than go without his beautiful wall. Statement could only have come from one mouth, and that's the one of Trump. That is the one of Trump, yes. First, President Trump said he would shut down the government in order to get his wall at the beginning of the week, and then he reversed himself, and then he reversed his reversal. That actually is the most exercise he's ever gotten. <laughs> but even by his standards, this was a weird week. First, as you heard, the president let us all know we had it wrong. It, it wasn't a big, ugly concrete wall. It had nice, stylish steel slats. Didn't uh. we know that? You remember all the rallies. Build those slats. Build those slats. 
<laughs> you know, slats, this whole conversation is a lot more pleasant. I discovered today, if whenever you hear slats, you hear it to the tune of Queen's theme from the Flash Gordon movie. So, How would that please go? demonstrate. Slats! Ah, they'll save every one of us. Slats! I promise you, you'll have a much better grip if you do it that way. By the way, it is not the wall or a wall. It is just wall. Yes. That's what Homeland Security Secretary Christian Nielsen said in front of Congress this week. Quote, I would ask for wall. We need wall, unquote. Oh, please, give me break. <laughs> you know what it is. What is it, Adam? <laughs> that whole administration is not even pretending to not be Russian anymore. Really? <laughs> we need wall. We need wall. <laughs> I ask for wall, I get wall. <laughs> On, on Thursday, after everybody had agreed to fund the government and go home for Christmas, just let everything ride until next year, uh, Trump changed his mind. He said he was not going to fund the government. He wanted his slats. He was fed up with all this slat shaming. <laughs> apparently, um, apparently, well, what? But they said mean things during the week. Fox said mean things about yeah, him. Yeah, I know. They, they said the worst thing they could say. They said, he's just like Obama, and it freaked him out. Yeah. yeah. He is so much better looking than Obama. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Peter. Sorry. Come on. Your next quote is a tweet from Netflix. We're not the type to slide into your DMs. Netflix was trying to calm people's nerves after it was revealed this week by the New York Times that who shared all of your private messages with them and other companies? Facebook? Yes, Facebook! <laughs> it turns out that Facebook was even worse than we thought, and we thought it was pretty bad. <coughs> the New York Times revealed that over the last few years they have been selling or even giving all of our private data to these other companies and these data sharing agreements, and they even let some companies like Netflix look at, write, and delete the private messages people send on Facebook. So for the love of God, use some other service to ask your parents for their Netflix password. <laughs> I mean, isn't that weird that Netflix can write messages and, you know, and send them to you as if they were a friend? That's why you got, like, weird invitations from people you hardly knew to come over and me and chill. <laughs> yeah, and like... Oh, no, wait, Adam. They have to think about that one for a second. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll give them time, but I don't think they're going to like it any better. <laughs> <laughs> you let us know when you're ready to move on, audience. <laughs> we can move on, Adam. Okay. Is, is the idea that... They send messages, and then you think it comes from someone you know, but you're sort of embarrassed to ask because well, you have this wide circle of pseudo-friends on the, Facebook? The, the idea is that Facebook knows that the data they've collected on you is this huge asset. It's called personal data. It's called the oil of the 21st century. And Ew. Uh, Ew. Oh, I know. I know. It makes you feel a little even the greasier than you already did. lubricant. So, <laughs> I hate that. So presumably they were handing all this data over to Netflix, and Netflix could look at your e and look at your messages, and decide what services to sell you or what movies to recommend. But they say they never use this capacity to actually read your messages or write them. They would never do that. And also, 
Sue in Wichita, Steve is cheating on you and it's so sad because you're so trusting. <laughs> Malcolm, here's your last quote. Do I have something in my beard? That was somebody wondering why he's not just getting the attention he's used to this Christmas season. He was actually one of many iterations of this person. Who are we talking about? Sounds like Santa Claus. It is Santa Claus, <laughs> yes. It's a sad time for Santa Claus this year. <clears throat> Spare a thought this Christmas for Santa Claus. It's been a tough year for the guy. We're not talking about the real Santa Claus who lives at the North Pole. He's fine. He's been on a keto diet. Instead of his belly being a bowl full of jelly, his stomach is like a six-pack of Smucker's jars. He's doing great. No, but 2018 has been rough for all those Santa's helpers out there working at shopping malls and, you know, Christmas festivals, that sort of thing. Most mall Santas are bored because no one goes to malls anymore. It's even worse at the busier malls because this is true. Rich kids can now skip the line with something that is called, and I am not kidding, this Santa Fast Pass. Yes. <laughs> it's a national program. It might be at your mall. Uh, you can buy premium access to Santa. These kids, they don't have to wait. They get a, a new sanitary covering to put on Santa's lap. <laughs> and they're promised anything they want for Christmas, including parents who don't cover up their emotional distance with money. Waiting is fun too, like when you're waiting and you're like picturing it, that's like even more fun than the thing. Really? I think so. Were you taken to see Santa as a child? Yeah. And I do remember, otherwise it's just like all over in two seconds. You know, it's better to be like lining up and being like, what's going to happen? How drunk will he be? Right. <laughs> <laughs> were you? Were you I was about to say that uh, getting really excited, <laughs> anticipating, nervous, and then for something that's over very quickly is good practice for adulthood, it seems to me. Totally. Totally, yeah. Yeah, especially when you're a woman. <laughs> Bill, how did Malcolm do in our quiz? Uh, it was a Christmas gift. Malcolm got them all right. Congratulations, Malcolm. Thank you. Thanks so much for playing. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Maeve, 23andMe is the popular genomics company. Uh, they not only successfully determined one woman's ancestry, but they also revealed to her that she was related to whom? Oh, I don't know about this, actually. Well... Did they find out she was related to her, obviously not her mom? No, well... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, um, I, somebody, like, cool. Like, somebody, like, did she... Joan of Arc or something? No. Can, can I get a clue? Are you allowed to get a clue? Yeah. Her, it is her, a person living or dead. It is, is it a, it a person is a, li living a, or it's, dead? It's a living person. It's a person living quite near her. And would she be happy that she would be related to that? Oh, no. <gasps> Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. Really? That's where your mind went? I don't Who know would be why. horrifying to find it you're related to? Yeah, you oh know, you'd just be like, oh, God, I didn't support her back then and <laughs> still don't like her. Well, uh, let, me try, let me try to help, help you here. Okay, it's sorry. somebody who we are sure she's actually very fond of. She just yeah. didn't want to know that she was genetically related to him. Oh. Oh, my God. Her husband. Yes, indeed. Oh. It's such a great feeling. We all know this when you meet someone and you have so much in common, like you both have brown hair. Hey, we have the same genetic disorders. I love my Aunt Carol. You love your mom, Carol. 
but it's so funny. Uh, I was at, um, I was, you know, doing a show in New York, yeah. and I noticed a guy in the audience, and I was like, oh, I know him. But it turned out it was my third cousin. Really? Yeah, and I, we had never met before. And then, you know, he was like, I think my mom, like, came from your... It's not that unusual in Ireland, because there's just eight people. Yeah. But <laughs> I, it was still a funny affinity that I felt for him when I saw him. Right. But we didn't, you know, what you want to say, as, as you say in English? What do you mean, as you say? <laughs> Wall. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Shooby doo, dabby doo. Zing, zing, zing. Shooby doo, dabby doo. Comment allez-vous? How do you do? Shooby doo, dee. Shooby doo, doo. Coming up, down boy, down. Our panelists are having trouble with their pets, but they're lying about it. It's Bluff the Listener. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. Capital One wants to build a better bank, one that feels and acts nothing like a typical bank, so they're reimagining banking. They offer a great savings rate and accounts with no fees or minimums that can be opened from anywhere in five minutes. That's banking reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Capital One, N-A. This week on Ask Me Another, we hit the stage in sunny San Diego, California with American Idol alum Adam Lambert and skateboarding legend Tony Hawk. All this on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Maeve Higgins, Roxanne Roberts, and Adam Felber, and here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium <coughs> in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much. Right now, it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi. Hi, who's this? Uh, Glenn Lewis. Where are you calling from, Glenn? Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Now, I am, uh, I will say, a son of New Jersey. I'm not going to go so far as to say a proud one. Um, <laughs> but I don't know where Stone Harbor is. Where is it? It's probably about 20 minutes north of Cape May. Oh, you're down there in South Jersey. And what do you do there? I have my own uh, business. I maintain and repair boats. Oh, really? Yes. There, there are a lot of people who are boating in New Jersey? Tons. Yeah, and are most of them tossing bo- bodies over the side? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. There has been stories. Ah, I bet. <laughs> well, it's nice to have you with us, Glenn. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. What is the topic, Bill? Meow. Our beloved friends, <laughs> pets, who would undoubtedly eat us if they were just a little bit bigger. <laughs> this week we had a story about somebody having a surprising problem with their animal companion. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth and you'll win the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play? Yes. All right, first let's hear from Adam Felber. Rocco the African parrot already had a mouth that got him into trouble. He'd been kicked out of the National Animal Welfare Trust in Watford, England for his relentless, lascivious, obscene rants that disqualify one from polite company and qualify one for the U.S. presidency. But once staffer Marianne Wisniewski relocated Rocco to her home, he picked up another bad habit that afflicts suburbanites. 
ordering unnecessary crap online through Amazon's Alexa. <laughs> Wisniewski came home to find that Rocco had filled her virtual cart with strawberries, watermelon, raisins, broccoli, and ice cream. So, Polly doesn't, in fact, want a cracker, which shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you really wanted a cracker? <laughs> anyway, Rocco also reportedly makes Alexa play a lot of very romantic music, which some people find cute, but to me, it's quite obviously Alexa misinterpreting the same lewd crap that got Rocco kicked out of his last home. Yeah. <laughs> a parrot gets in trouble by ordering stuff from Amazon via Alexa. Your next story of Mo Pets, Mo Problems comes from Roxanne Roberts. <laughs> for the past 17 years, farmer Joe Stanford has provided animals for the living creche at Richmond's St. Catherine's Catholic Church. To wit, one donkey, seven sheep, three goats, two llamas, and most impressively, an eight-foot camel. The display draws huge crowds and is one of the church's top annual fundraisers. But this year, a black and white goat named Bob, adopted in June by Stanford's daughter as her personal pet, has taken away in the manger to heart. Bob has eaten not only hay provided for the animals, but an angel's tinsel halo, the hem of a wise man's robe, and apparently even baby Jesus, <laughs> who was sleeping on a bed of hay one night, but gone the next morning except for a plastic foot next to a sleeping Bob. <laughs> the church quickly replaced the baby doll, but said the goat was a problem. Stanford disagreed. Quote, Bob stays or all the animals go, he told the deacons. God loves all creatures great and small. The goat is now too famous to kick out. One anonymous donor gave $1,000 to the church for, quote, all the bobs of the world. <laughs> A goat, which at least allegedly ate the baby Jesus. Your last story of animal issues comes from Maeve Higgins. 32-year-old architect James Kennedy was thrilled to bring home his new rescue dog, Tyler. He was all prepared with a new bed, treats, and a welcome home Tyler banner, which Tyler sadly could not read. <laughs> it all seemed fine until they went out for their first walk through the Upper West Side neighborhood. Tyler did not walk in a straight line, instead aggressively approaching every single person they passed, attempting to enter two bodegas, nearly every brownstone, and engaging in an intense staring contest with a park bench. <laughs> Tyler, it turned out, had been a drug-sniffing dog for the NYPD. <laughs> and pretty much everyone on Kennedy's block was holding. <laughs> It was exhausting, said Kennedy. When we got home from that first walk, Tyler barked at the oregano shaker until I opened it and allowed him to investigate the contents. <laughs> at first, many neighbors complained about the new resident. Quote, I felt like I was being profiled, said Monica Blomquist, a 72-year-old white woman, <laughs> who was stopped and sniffed by Tyler on her way home from picking up her medical marijuana prescription. But now, many parents on the block love Tyler, asking to borrow him for the occasional playdate with their kids' backpacks. <laughs> Kennedy is taking steps to ensure a happy retirement for Tyler, introducing him to new hobbies like just walking and <laughs> fetch as he adjusts to life as a civilian. Kennedy says, quote, Tyler's part of the family now, and I don't mind keeping my stash at work. 
So one of these three pets caused problem for its owner. Was it from Adam Felber, an African gray parrot who learned how to order things on Amazon via Alexa? From Roxanne, a goat on a living nativity scene that ate a lot of things, including our Lord and Savior, or <laughs> from Maeve, a rescue dog that had been a drug-sniffing dog and would not give that up. Which of these is a real story of a pet causing a problem? I've got to go with uh, Adam's story. You're going to go with Adam's story of the parrot yes, that ordered stuff in Alexa? Uh, well, we spoke to somebody who was actually very familiar with this kind of animal to bring you the real story. Rocco is an African gray parrot, and he has used his ability to talk to manipulate Alexa. That was Janet Trumbull, the executive director of administration at the Oasis, a parrot sanctuary in Arizona, talking about the shopaholic parrot. Congratulations. <laughs> you were right, of course. You want a point for Adam just for being honest, and you've won our prize, the voice of anyone you like on your voicemail. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. It's been fun. It has <laughs> been. Thanks. Shopping was never like this and now the game where we invite interesting people on to ask them questions about things they're just not interested in. If you talk to anybody who was growing up in the late 80s and early 90s and ask them what records they had to hide from their parents, because it was such a bad influence, chances are one of them would be by the Beastie Boys, three kids out of New York who became one of the first hip-hop supergroups. Please welcome Beastie Boys, Mike D and Ad Rock. Mike and Adam, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi. So you've got a book out, The Beastie Boys, which is sort of a group autobiography, right? Yes. Yeah. It's called Beastie Boys Book. Oh, yes. Very, very inventively titled. Yeah. One of the, the book is amazing. I've been enjoying it all week. One of the things is, is it's not just a book. It's got photographs. It's got uh, essays from people who are fans of yours, some of whom are amazing people. Did you, were you guys holding on to all the material, those photographs from the, from the late 70s and early 80s? Did you know you'd need them someday? No. Um, there were a couple nuggets that somehow surprisingly we held on to, but we're not very good... Um, I think archivist might be the word. Yep. Yeah. We're pretty it is the word. That is the, that is the word. That is your, your, <laughs> one of the most amazing things to me about the early part of the book is, in fact, your parents. Because you all grew up in New York, and it seemed like your parents, and this was back in the 70s, would basically let you guys do whatever you wanted to do. It, well, like when you were like 14 or 15, your parents were like, yeah, you go see with this Black Flag concert. Go ahead, whatever you want. Just be back by morning. <laughs> there wasn't that much of a discussion. Oh, really? <laughs> it was just, you just left? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's just a, a different yeah. type of parenting, you know? Yeah. Different yeah. parenting decisions. I do not decisions. think my mom wanted to know the details. Like, if it was a Black Flag show versus, like, a Bad Brain show versus a Treacherous Thing, I don't think she wanted that kind of fine print. Oh, really? <laughs> she, she didn't know. And one of the other things that I... I, I I don't know how to put this. It seemed like you guys constantly had great strokes of luck. For example, you formed a punk band, the Beastie Boys originally a hardcore band, and you did a, you did a song called Cookie Puss, which people were like, oh, Cookie Puss. And British Airways stole it for a commercial <laughs> and gave you lots of money, which is great uh, that that had happened, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like, 
that does that strike you like an amazing stroke of luck? Because then you had money to like you know pay rent and buy that first drum machine. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome to go from zero to uh, we got we got a bunch of money. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I'd never had cash like that. <laughs> I was at a friend's house and I heard our song playing from the TV set, and, and was like, it was one of those things that make you go hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, I don't know how long after your first hip-hop track, you were opening for Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? So, so you guys were, like, 19. You didn't even have your first album out, and you were opening for Madonna on her first <laughs> national tour. Well, Madonna, and, and also she went from... All of a sudden, she's blowing up on MTV, and then she becomes the Madonna that is, in terms of just public consciousness, like, the biggest pop star on the planet. She like shot up to the you know, Prince Michael Jackson level. And you were like her opening act when this happened. Well, I don't even know opening act. Like act is the right <laughs> word. Well, what was it then? Spectacle. It was, like, it was kind of like this assault on poor, unsuspecting 12-year-old girls. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the things I write about, is like, you guys are on the way up, and you keep writing about in your book how you'd show up at this point before License to Ill came out, and people would hate you, which is, which is kind of fun for you to write about. Was it fun to live? Kind of. I mean, the, the Madonna tour thing was definitely funny that, you know, children were crying watching us. It was interesting seeing how angry their parents were. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's so angry. Because this is like Madonna like a virgin, and that's her, the whole scene that's happening. People come in to see that, and you three skinny kids come out and start rapping. Three actual virgins. I know. But, but why, why, were the, why were the parents angry? I, I could... Well, because we were... <laughs> <laughs> One last question about the book. The book has got some amazing stories in it about things you did and things that you saw. Was there anything that was like too crazy for you to put in the book? You're like, no, we can't tell people that story? Um, yeah. <laughs> and would you be willing to share it with us? Cause no, basically, no. No. Probably not. Well, Adam and Mike, we are delighted to talk to you and we have invited you here today to play a game we're calling Beastie Boys, meet the Yeasty Boys. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You make beats, but what about people who make bread? That's what we were thinking. We're going to ask you three questions about the Yeasty Boys. Bakers, okay. answer two out of three questions correctly. I know. <laughs> the audience are leaving. <laughs> wow. It's both dumb and on brand, okay? <laughs> answer two out of three questions. You will win a prize for one of our listeners who are Adam and Mike of the Beastie Boys playing for? Rudy Riot of Washington, D.C. All right. Here is your first question, and feel free to collaborate, argue whatever you like. Bread is really important to the French, as I'm sure you know, so much so that the French government once did what? A, created an award called La Croix du Pat, or the Cross of Dough. <laughs> B, passed a law preventing bakers from taking vacations. Or C, they sentenced certain violent criminals to eating only American bread. <laughs> Can you please say the name say. of the metal, please? La Croix de what? La Croix du Pain. Yeah. Croix du I'm going to say definitely A. You're going to go A. Yeah, La Croix du Pain. Yeah, first off, it's definitely not B because vacations are essential to French people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you're going to go for the yeah. award of the Croix du Pat, the Cross of Dough. Yeah. Absolutely. It was actually B, the one about taking <gasps> vacations. 
Because the problem is, French do love taking vacations, but when the bakers take vacations, nobody else has any bread. So oh, the, mon dieu! I know! <laughs> so the bakers were not allowed to take vacations, but then they modified the rule, so now the bakers of France can either take vacations in July or August, but that way there will always be some bakers around. They yeah, regularly. maybe we need them quite well, You do, you do. All right, <laughs> two more questions. Here we go. These days, most people are more excited about baking cakes than bread, making celebrities out of people like Buddy the Cake Boss Velastro. He once tried to get out of a DUI arrest by telling the arresting officer what? A, quote, you see your way to letting me go. There's a soccer tort in it for you, sir. B, quote, I'm sorry. what? A soccer tort. Soccer you know, tort? The, the Viennese cake. Yes, Adam. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're a good team. That's why they're a good team. <laughs> That's expecting a lot from an arresting officer. I know. Yeah. B, quote, he said, I'm sorry, officer, but do you know what happens if you let fondant overcook? Or C, he said, quote, you can't arrest me. I'm the cake boss. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going with C. Mike, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm with C. I mean, you know, I know I'm going a little lowest common denom, but... Sometimes you just got to go with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was, in fact, C. Yeah. <laughs> nice. One last question about baking. Nothing is worse than when you're baking cookies at home and you realize you don't have enough eggs. But not to worry. According to something called the Organic Authority, what makes a great egg substitute? Is it A, blood, B, sugar, or C, sex magic? <laughs> That's a good question. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to go with the sanitary B. Yeah, B. Yeah, B. I mean, I'd like to say, yeah, yeah, B is going to be the Mike, most Mike, you're, cl you're clearly a culinary expert. Do you really think that the protein of eggs would be sufficiently substituted for by the pure carbohydrate of a, of a table sugar? I, I do not. No. All right. No, but you can't put somebody's blood. The idea of putting blood. Well, remember, we're not saying you should do this. We're saying you can do this. I feel like a blood, the blood would be thick enough to replace it. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your audience likes blood. They're clapping. All right, all, si all signs are pointing to blood here. We're all but You're telling out. you it's blood. You just feel that answer, so the dude from D.C. should be happy. Yeah, anyway. it, You're choosing A, blood? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right, of course. That's what Bill, how did Adam and Mike do in our quiz? I'd call you a fan of the Beastie Boys, but you're a winner in our book, two out of three. Congratulations. Mike D and Ad Rock are the Beastie Boys. Their new book, The Beastie Boys Book, is out now. It is fantastic, great for fans, or even if you're not. Mike and Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, In just a minute, Bill enters the dragon in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Atlassian. Today, nearly anything is possible, and if we can dream it, teams can build it, from going to Mars to decoding the human genome. Atlassian is a collaboration software company powering teams around the world. 
Products like Jira Software, Confluence, Trello, and Bitbucket help teams plan, track, build, and work better together. Atlassian products are free to try, easy to set up, and work seamlessly together. Get started today at Atlassian.com. Hey, it's Peter just reminding you to check your nice list and give to your local station this holiday season at donate.npr.org slash wait. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Babe Higgins, Adam Felber, and Roxanne Roberts. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill Curtis's true love gives to him five golden rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> it's our listener limerick challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Okay, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Maeve. Yes, Peter. Uh, you know that Tesla cars have this feature. They have these onboard computers, and they're constantly being updated by the Tesla Corporation. You get in your car, all of a sudden you can do something else. Mm-hmm. Well, people got into their Tesla cars recently, and they found out that it had been updated, and now Tesla cars can do what? Microwave. <laughs> <laughs> they have different functions in the car. Yeah, well, it, this it, is it a adds capability a to the car. self-driving. Oh, I know what would be. This would be a useful thing, like a baby seat that goes, grows with your child. <laughs> you know, so that you don't have to always get the, get the new ones and... That's a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So tell that to, you know, um, whatever his name is who owns... Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Right. Yeah. I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give you a hand. It's awesome because it's an advanced piece of technology. It's yeah. also programmed to not only do this, it's programmed to say, excuse me, or if you choose this option, blame the dog. That's a hint? That is. <laughs> that wow. That made it so much more confusing to me. Okay, so... Oh, you can go to the toilet. No. <laughs> It's, it, 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 you know the blame the dog thing, right? Eat in a my car, homework? In a car. The do- dog if, ate my homework? No, not no. the dog ate my homework. <laughs> I that's just don't think fair, I know that's that. That's not a fair no, no, no. because so, it sounds okay. to me like blaming the dog isn't a thing you do in Ireland. So you're, no, I've never... You're, that's, in, a, you're in a confined kill space. Kill the sheep. No, you're in a confined <laughs> space. I think but, the Irish excuse is, oh, I think I must have been boiling some cabbage. <laughs> Farting. Yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> My cultural. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both, panelists. Of yes. sake, that's hard. That was an amazing moment there of cross, of cross cultural communication. No, uh, Teslas can now. You'll be happy to know, people who spent eighty thousand dollars on your electric car, it can now fart. Um, they've been uh, equipped with little sound files that you can set off to make it make fart noises. It basically it's like Teslas once the symbol of high tech advanced automotive technology are now basically rolling up to you and saying, pull my door handle. <laughs> <laughs> and and, you're, and you're, right now you're saying to yourself, oh yeah, I've heard of that. My dad had that feature in his old Buick. And no. <laughs> that's, that's not what it was. Your dad had IBS. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, a Missouri man has to pay the ultimate price for his illegal deer poaching after a judge ordered him to do what? A judge has sentenced him to watch Bambi once a month for the next calendar year. Or That's two. exactly right. 
So anyway, yes, this guy, and this, this guy was like an industrial level poacher. He yeah. was like killing illegally hundreds of deer and just being a terrible person, and the judge sentenced to a year in jail. And he, he would said, lure them too. Yeah, it was just the worst. With he like would, deer tinder. And he would... You know, <laughs> it doesn't really seem like, like punishment. This guy loves deer hunting so much, he went to jail for it. He's supposed to feel bad watching Bambi's mother die. It did not struck me that he had a tender heart. No, no, yeah, he didn't. Uh, yeah, it's, it, like, it's like, you know, he gets to watch a cartoon about the thing he loves best. <laughs> Do you know I've never seen Bambi? <gasps> and the reason I've never seen Bambi is the only time I've ever heard Bambi discussed my entire life is, oh, Bambi, it's so sad when the mother dies. Well, you don't see the mother die. Yeah, but you see the little uh, baby one crying. And no, you see the mother die in a director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gruesome. Pretty gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> she spends a long time burning and yeah. screaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Look at, look at, no one is laughing at that. All these people think you're But terrible. you're going to go home and be really glad you heard those jokes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago and our upcoming show at the Johnny Mercer Theater in Savannah, Georgia, on February seventh. Hi, you're on Wait Wait. Don't tell me. Hi, my name is Natalie Hinkle, and I'm calling from San Antonio. Oh, how are things in San Antonio? Uh, they're pretty good. I just moved here a few months ago, so oh. I'm still getting used to things. Where'd you move from? I moved from Nashville, and before that, it was Phoenix, and before that, it was L.A., and before that, it was San Francisco. <gasps> She's on the run. I was about to say, are you, <laughs> are you a fugitive? I am not. No, I you're not. not. I'm a I'm a scientist. I'm a I'm a planetary astrophysicist. No, Woo! really? Yeah. Cool. How very cool. Thank you. You don't know how cool this is. What is your specialty? Uh, my specialty is connecting stars and planets. Right now, we can't measure or observe the interiors of planets outside of our solar system, which we call exoplanets. So what I do is measure elements inside of stars and then make models of the interior structures of their orbiting exoplanets. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Natalie, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly on two of the limericks, you'll be a winner. Ready to play? I am. Here is the first limerick, and I think you'll find this interesting. My rings make a really nice pattern. Take them <laughs> off, and I feel like a slattern. <laughs> I'm losing my rings, and that loss really stings. Times are tough for this old planet. Saturn. Yes! <laughs> Yes, this week NASA announced that Saturn is rapidly losing its rings. And you know what that means. Saturn is finally single. Get ready, heavenly body. Somebody's interested in a new Big Bang. <laughs> Saturn's rings, this, uh, as you know, are made from water and ice. And the planet's gravitational pull is slowly pulling them apart, causing the rings to erode and eventually vanish. Saturn has always been known for its daring sense of style. But you know how it goes. The second you turn... 4.5 billion years. <laughs> Things just don't fit the way you used to. <laughs> Instead of rings, in a few millennia, Saturn will be known for its sensible slacks. <laughs> All right, Natalie, here's your next limerick. 
Here's a tube that can easily hold the humongous TV we just sold. A giant flat case would take up too much space. Like a poster, our screen can be... Folded. Not f well, you, 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 you've got the idea. You want a word that sounds like that but rhymes with hold and sold. Oh, rolled. Rolled, yes. You know how... When you're done watching a show, you always wish you could just take your TV down and roll it up and store it in a corner or lean it against the wall of a closet so it gets in the way of all your coats. Now you can. Yay! LG says that their new roll-up televisions will be available sometime next year. You turn on the TV, and eight days later, when you've realized you've done nothing but binge Netflix, you press a button and it rolls up into its box like a movie screen. That'll work just like a garage door, where with just the push of a button, the whole system breaks, and your dad has to fix the damn thing himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your last limerick. New York has more ninjas than dump trucks. And all those who would stop us are dumb clucks. Why would you complain about two sticks and a chain? So we'll keep on fighting with... Nunchucks. Nunchucks, yes! yes. <laughs> Good news! Junior high boys and middle-aged dorks, for the first time in more than 40 years, nunchucks are legal again in New York. The ruling is being hailed as a win for self-defense advocates and also 12-year-old boys who like to whisper, you just met your worst nightmare. <laughs> They're very effective for self-defense because a potential mugger will stop attacking just to watch you swing them around until you hit yourself in the face. <laughs> Bill, how did Natalie do in our quiz? Uh, Natalie did perfect. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Natalie. Bye-bye. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Zoom Video Communications. Video conferencing has changed the way we do business. Meet happy anytime, anywhere with Zoom, connecting team members across the globe. Imagine seeing up to 49 people on the screen all at once in digital video. Share anything, a file, a video, a photo via desktop, laptop, tablet, or mobile. Visit zoom.us to set up your free account today and meet happy with Zoom Video Communications. Zoom.us. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. Capital One wants to build a better bank, one that feels and acts nothing like a typical bank, so they're reimagining banking. They offer a great savings rate and accounts with no fees or minimums that can be opened from anywhere in five minutes. That's banking reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Capital One, N-A. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill in the Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill in the blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Maven and Roxanne each have two, <gasps> and Adam has four. Oh my god. Look out. Well, we flipped a coin and Maeve has elected to go first, so the clock will start when I begin your first question, fill in the blank. On Wednesday, the White House ordered the withdrawal of all U.S. troops from blank. From Syria. Right. This week, a federal judge blocked Trump's restriction on migrants seeking blank. Asylum. Right. On Tuesday, the governor of Arizona appointed Martha McSally to fill blank's Senate seat. What? Is that a real name? It is. <laughs> Martha McSally is, in fact, a real name. It's going to fill a Senate seat. Yes. Good. Oh, I'm, t I'm just trying to think of names that rhyme with hers, but that is not how it no, works. No, that's <laughs> not. Uh, there are a lot of criteria for the Senate, but that's yeah. not one of them. Oh, John. McCain. John McCain, yes. 
Following his comments on immigration, Fox News host Blank was dropped by over 20 advertisers. Um, Little Tucker Carlson. <laughs> little Tucker Carlson. A cat in Canada who just wanted to sit inside a box got more than it bargained for when it ended up blanking. Something happened to it. Yes, what happened to it? A dog came into the box. No, it got sealed up and was shipped over 700 miles away. Oh my The cat's God. owner was shipping some tire rims from Nova Scotia to Montreal when the cat thought, box, I love boxes. Climbed in without anybody noticing. Box was sealed, <gasps> shipped. The cat was eventually found by a delivery driver 700 miles away who noticed that the rim smelled a little like a litter box. Oh my God. One woman was overjoyed to get her cat back until she opened the box and the cat jumped out and said, I will have my vengeance, human, in this life <laughs> or the next. What, a, what an adorable, like you're just working in a car tire place yeah. or something and then you get a kitten. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a, it's a you Christmas. You know what? We should all put more cats in boxes. <laughs> Bill, how did Maeve do in our quiz? She got four right, eight more points, total of 10. And for right now, she has the lead. All winning. Right. Yes, winning. Hashtag winning. Roxanne, you're up next film the blank. On Thursday, President Trump announced that Defense Secretary Blank would step down in February. Mattis. Right. After allegations that it misused funds, the Blank Foundation agreed to close this week. The Trump Foundation. Right. This week, officials in Blank said they wouldn't denuclearize until the U.S. removed its own nuclear threat. North Korea. Right. On Tuesday, the Trump administration abandoned the sale and use of Blanks. Uh, bump stocks. Right. This week, a special holiday report in the Tampa Bay Times revealed it would cost $1 billion to blank. To buy all the um, things in Santa Baby. You're exactly right. According wow. to a recent study, there's been a 10% increase in high schoolers who blank. Who vape? Yes. This week, streaming video site Blank removed 58 million videos that were deemed to have hateful or offensive content. I believe that's YouTube. It was. Thanks to a Freedom of Information Act filed by a government watchdog group, this week the CIA was forced to release top secret documents pertaining to Blank. Um, sp spy movies? No. <laughs> Otters. Otters? Wait, how many uh, it was, it's called a dossier on the otter and sounds like a fifth grade science project written by oh. Christopher Steele. And it, uh, <laughs> it pretty much is. It's, it's broken into sections like what is an otter and how does an otter move and otter do's and don'ts and contains plenty of facts about an otter's diet and daily habits and a wild story about a group of otter prostitutes at the Ritz-Carlton in <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> Bill, how did Roxanne do on our quiz? Got within one, seven right, 14 more oh. points, 16, and the lead. All right. <laughs> how many then does Adam need to win this game? Well, six to tie and seven to win. Here we go, Adam. Yes. This is for the game, Adam, fill in the blank. On Thursday, the House approved a sweeping bill overhauling the blank. Uh, criminal, criminal justice system. Right. On Sunday, UN negotiators agreed to universal limits on blank. Uh, carbon emissions. Right. This week it was announced that Ryan Zinke, the secretary of the blank, would leave by the end of the year. Interior. Yes. On Wednesday, the Fed approved the fourth blank of 2018. Rate hike. Yes. This week a woman wound up in trouble with the law after her kids were found home alone blanking. Watching home alone. Right. According to a new study, the <laughs> average American is getting blanker but not taller. Fatter. Yes. Best known as the star of Laverne and Shirley and director of the movies Big and A League of Their Own, Blank passed away at age 75. Penny Marshall. Right. The Sun newspaper sounded an alarm this week with a story that claimed Blank were found hiding out under a blank. Elves were find, found <laughs> hiding out under a tree. No. The Sun newspaper reported that mutant sharks were found hiding out under an underwater volcano. With the otters, probably. Oh, I did remember. <laughs> 
We always knew that life imitated art. We just had no idea that life considered Sharknado art. <laughs> Mutant sharks have evolved to live in the harsh conditions beneath a volcano that's just about to explode. This is the phase of global warming that climatologists refer to as, come on, Earth, you're just messing with us now. Bill, did Adam do well enough to win? You know, thank God that he didn't transfer that point. <laughs> because you got seven right, 14 more points, but a total of 18 and the win! Congratulations! In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict what Santa will bring Mark Zuckerberg for Christmas this year. Thanks this week to Farmhouse Tavern for feeding us. Once again, I recommend the carrots. Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman. Benevolent overlord, Philip Godica writes our limericks, our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary DeOlio. Our web guru is Beth Novi. And this week, we are forced to say goodbye to two interns, Zoe Lowenberg and Catherine Coates. Zoe did amazing work for us, helping to run our show until she figured out she went to Yale. She could do a lot better. <laughs> And behind her quiet facade, Catherine is a tireless researcher capable of tracking down anyone at any time. It's a shame they'll never let you back into Disney World, Catherine, but that really was a memorable evening. <laughs> Good luck and thanks to them both. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Santa's little helper's helper is Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Her master of operations is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Shillock. The executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will Mark Zuckerberg get for Christmas? Adam Felber. Just a fan letter from Santa saying, dude, I thought I was invasive. <laughs> and Roxanne Roberts. 12 federal lawsuits, 11 Senate hearings, 10 lawyers filing, 9 ladies suing, 8 helpful op-eds, 7 stocks are dropping, 6 circuit judges, Five Russian bots, four <laughs> calling apps, three real friends, two private jets, and probation with a sweet plea deal. Oh. <laughs> and May Higgins. Oh, I just want him to get an eyelash tint. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a fish. <laughs> I didn't know we had to write a song. Oh. <laughs> Well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Adam Felber, Roxanne Roberts, and Maeve Higgins. Thanks to all of you for listening. We're so grateful. I'm Peter Segal, and we'll see you next week. This is NPR.